Welcome back, everybody, to the Little Less Fear podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Ryan Lindler. Am I saying your name correct? Lindler? Lindner, yeah. Cl- Lind- close enough, Lind- either way. <laughs> Linder. Why is that a tongue twister for me? Linder. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Linder. Linder, thank you. You know, everyone wants the perfect formula to stick to personal change, and there's no shortage of self-help books to tell them about the best method to save time or find that elusive success they spend so much choosing. Perhaps they've read all the books, they just aren't doing it. And that's where you come in, Mr. Ryan Lindler. What, what brought you to your journey? By the way, welcome to A Little Less Fear Podcast, and happy Friday to you. Yeah, happy Friday. Thanks for having me. Excited yes, thank here. you, thank you. So what? tell us about your journey. Yeah, so I'm a coach. I've been a coach, again, for you know, a long, real long time. Um, I used to coach individuals, but I, I don't take uh, individuals anymore. It's mostly groups or organizations. I, I work with organizations on a, in a training capacity and uh, manage projects. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I grew up, uh, I, I was drawn to coaching. I was drawn to, to sort of the wellness and helping people sort of um, progress in their lives. Uh, I, I think a lot of that was just due to growing up like as a hardcore introvert. Um, in fact, all the clients that I've had I might have, it was so funny if they said they were introverted and, and I worked with them, I, I was almost always more so like I, I was just so quiet when I was growing up and I had such a really bad, bad anxiety. I mean, real, real bad. Um, and, and had a, a real big fear more, more than a lot of people I've met of uh, speaking in public and things like that. So I was drawn to coaching as sort of a, a I wanted to help people, but um it was a, I was so into personal development for my own purposes. And I said, wow, there's so much here. And once I was able to uh, progress and, and find some <clears throat> uh, clarity and progress on my own, I thought, you know, I can relate to other people who might be struggling to this, to the same thing. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, I specialize in transitions and, and, uh, there's a lot of identity issues with that. So if someone is going through a, a big career change, um, maybe they've been in the same career, like a soldier, for example, military, been in the military for 30 years. A lot of people um, go through an identity crisis of sorts when they leave because it's like, well, I've been this person so long. Well, who, who am I now? Well, good news is you're still a person. And, right. <laughs> uh, you know, you'll be a person after and you're a person before and I help them work through a lot of those things. Um, a lot of times involving getting out of their comfort zone, uh, making sometimes really courageous choices. Um, I help people establish boundaries in their lives when they're, when they're overwhelmed. And little do they know I can relate to all those things. And that's yeah. why I, I have connected with people uh, with that stuff. Um, I, I did... It was interesting. I did have um, a cardiac, two cardiac arrests, actually, just a day apart. But um, wow! Suddenly, suddenly, uh, just dropped, uh, and it, you know, no family history, nothing like that. And um, I, this was years ago, and I. Um, Do you mind me asking how old you were when you had the cardiac arrest? I was thirty. Thirty. Oh, wow. And no signs, no family history. Uh, I've been in wellness and coaching and positive, you know, progress and uh, non-smoker, you know, et cetera. Um, 
And it was all a big mystery. I've been to world-renowned specialists. I've, uh, I'm basically dizzy 24-7. Uh, and, you know, again, I've, I've seen all kinds of specialists. And uh, the, the closest they can figure is I've got electrical problems. But going through that at the time, you know, I was back at work five days later. Uh, oh, I, I didn't. It, it was too soon. I was told not to drive. I didn't listen to that per se. But I, at the time, I was starting a new a new role, and I didn't have um, uh, any paid time off, and and I had just a temporary small insurance policy, not not the company insurance. Mm-hmm. But I had I had to get back to work. I um, I had a financial need to, <clears throat> and so what I found was that my sessions dramatically changed after that. I remember sitting because a lot of my sessions were virtual, uh, telephonic, actually, a lot of them at the time. So no one could see me. I was hooked to all these wires, this heart stuff. Mm -hmm. And sessions were just different from then on. Um, You know, when when you go through something like that, you, um, a, a trauma pulls you into the moment. Maybe for the first time, because most people are so, you know, on the to-do list. Right. A, a trauma pulls you into the moment. And yeah. the, pro- the problems I was listening to just look totally different because, you know, this person might be talking about a very real problem for her, which, which might be being overwhelmed, busy, you know, finishing a bathroom remodel, going, you know, taking the kids to soccer practice, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was just trying to stay conscious moment to moment, moment to moment. But what it taught me was um, boundaries and and how I have to have them. And I don't mean boundaries in just in the sense of uh, I need to not take on too much, but in terms of what I think about, because I think about, you know, all time management is really is the management of your own energy. Right. That's if very, if very I weird. don't manage my energy, I get sick. You know, I feel like I'm going to keel over and pass out. I get lightheaded. So I have to manage my energy. I have to get a certain number of hours of sleep. I, I have to, I can't worry about every little thing because if I, if I don't follow that, I run myself into the ground and I get sick. So it's also, you know, that's one reason why I specialize in it is, you know, with, with most people, I look at life with everything you do, it's kind of like poker. It's weird comparison there, but with everything you do, you know, everything has a cost. And it's like, if I choose to do this, this is worth this many poker chips or whatever mm-hmm. of my energy, my time, which you only have, but, but so, so little. So, um, that's what I, I do now is I, I work with individuals and, and uh, groups and I do a lot of trainings and it's really about how to see themselves a little bit better and, and make that shift um, so they can get more out of their, out of their time. <laughs> how did your practice or your coaching business change after experiencing cardiac arrest? Well, specifically, the problem sounded different to me that I was hearing. And so what were you hearing? I was hearing and, and a, a lot of uh, as a coach is 
what I learned is you can't convince anyone of anything. They have to choose it. And a lot of self-help out there is about here's the steps to, to fixing your life. Step one, two, three, four. And if you talk to 10 gurus, there are 10 different opinions about those steps. Right. And so I've learned that you, you can't convince anyone or, or put that on anyone. The key is in the exploration of it. So you, you really have to just ask the right questions so that they can look within themselves and say, does this fit my understanding of, of my life? And um, I, I felt, um, uh, this sounds strange, but I felt a little bit like an outsider, I think. Um, my clients would never know, but like in the matrix, I took the red pill and I saw, whoa, I'm immortal. And, and my time is like precious. And right. like, and I took, I, I saw the other side kind of, um, but a lot of people are stuck in this habit that they don't know they have, which is the cycle of reactivity in their minds, you know? Um, this constant anxious state. I'm sure you've seen that, you know, everyone's sort of anxious waiting for oh, the yeah. next moment, the next, the next, the next. And it, it just, a lot of that just doesn't, doesn't matter. Or what people have to do to get out of that is they have to make certain decisions because, you know, for people who are listening, who are stressed and stuck on the to-do list, your, your choices mostly got to, got you to that point. Right. Like your whole life is really a series of micro decisions. And so what choices can you make? First, let's take a good look at ourselves and see ourselves. And then, you know, what decisions can we make to, to get out of that? But yeah, I was hearing a lot of, um, to answer your question, I was hearing a lot of, uh, if, you, if you tell someone a solution that you see, what they're going to do is they're going to list reasons why it won't work. They're just going to give you a laundry. Oh, I can't do that because I have this going on. And I can't. Um, whereas if you get out of that, you live in the how, not, not if I'm going to do something or you live in how I'm going to get it done. But I was hearing a lot of um, reasons why stuff wouldn't work, why they couldn't do it. Um, that's I think what you that's were hearing about angle. for yourself in your own head this is why I can't do this. This is why. Well, I was hearing that from clients. Uh, um, a lot of times when people work on goals and, and they get stuck or they give up on them, it's because they let their own sort of mental noise, that internal dialogue is usually at some point what derailed it, it seems. So what do you tell them when they, when they put these blocks up? I ask them the right questions and that's really getting them to see themselves differently, see their lives differently, get them to think of the how and not because the, the minute you say, well, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't, um, I can't achieve my health goal because of this reason. Then, then you've thrown in the towel already. Right. And most people uh, most successful people do, do fail. It's common. It's just, you didn't see that they, they, you didn't see what, what they did to get beyond it. Right. And so it's just shifting their way of thinking, I think. 
Ryan, I'm interested what you did for yourself to get beyond that limited thinking. Well, for, for me, um, when I was struggling with things like, um, fear and, uh, being an introvert and I have found that a lot of people are, and this is, I think that a lot of self-help perpetuates this. They feel like there's something in themselves that really needs changing that needs fixing. And I think for years, I felt like my anxiety, my, my, uh, whole introversion and quietness. I felt like there's something wrong with it, you know? And so there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I read all kinds of books and it was really, I, I need to fix this. Here are some, and I read a lot of strategies I could use, mm-hmm. but you know, um, you know, you've heard people have heard the strategy with your afraid of public speaking, you know, picture them in their underwear, you know, <laughs> do picture this, do that. But for me, it really changed once I decided that there was nothing wrong with, with the way I was just like that. And, and I never, it never occurred to me like that. Wait, what, what if, what if I actually enjoy my introversion? Is that allowed or is that because you spend your whole life thinking something's wrong with that True. or being quiet right? or being, cause I'm quiet natured in general. My clients would probably never guess it, but that's in general, especially in groups. But I, I feel as if once I owned it, once I said, um, I am this way. And not, not only is there nothing wrong, I love it about myself. A lot of what I was worried about just went away. It dissipated, you know, um, a lot of the fear because the fear is all, is all um, about people who are judging you, but it's all based on something that's, or at least for me, I perceived was maybe wrong with me, but if I'm the most introverted, then that's great. You know, there are advantages to that. What are, are the advantages? Yes. You know, totally. Yeah. And you know, a lot of introverted people, they, um, they're more introspective at times. They sometimes make very good leaders because they listen. Well, um, I mean, there are a lot of advantages I've found and advantages to be an extrovert, but there's nothing wrong with any particular way. And I, I felt like once I, owned what I perceived was wrong with myself. A lot of what I was worried about in the first place just sort of dissolved, you know? So how did your, your book come to be? The, the, this all happened, I imagine, after the cardiac arrest and um, you were a little more introspective after that. How did, uh, tell us more about your book. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's called The Half-Known Life. Um, it's, most people don't know where the title came from. They, they think it's like, oh, the half-lived kind of thing. But it's, it's actually from a quote from Moby Dick and it, the half known life is really a, a, what I take it to mean as like the inability for us to see ourselves, like the ignorance in ourselves. I mean, we can't always see ourselves. And I found that as a coach, you know, I might see a solution for someone right there, but they, they couldn't see it. Right. Mm -hmm. And even some of my clients, you know, I've had psychologists or doctors or, or soldiers or executives, all kinds of people. And I realized, you know what? We're all just people. We're all just people. And no matter how smart you are, 
sometimes we, we just can't see ourselves. And right. so it's really about exploring those, looking at uh, identity directly and looking at our lives. You know, when you ask people what their priorities are, most people will, will say they know it, no problem. Oh, my family's a priority, my mm-hmm. career, my whatever. But most people do not reflect it in their daily life. So the book is really about taking a direct look at who we are and what we're doing here and helping people break out of that, break out of that. So I'm hoping the book will be a catalyst for, for people to move forward. Could you give us an example on how somebody can look at their identity directly and get a, gain more awareness and move forward with that? Sure. If you ask someone who they are, most of the time they're going to give you their resume or some version of it. Right. I'm it's this, like what they I'm do that. versus who yes, they are. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I'm this, I'm that. Are you though? Are you though? Or is that just something that you, that you do? I think a lot of times who you are can can manifest in in different roles. Mm-hmm. But let, let's say, um, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of nurses, career nurses, and a lot of nurses that I've talked to are, just have a really a passion for, you know, helping people, uh, people who really need it. And I have a lot of respect for nurses and, uh, uh, and what they do. Um, but people think their purpose is in the nursing. It's, it's not. The purpose is in what what you do as an extension of you, regardless of what the label is, you could do the same thing and not be called a nurse. That's just you. You just want to help people. Um, And so a lot of people in terms of identity, they think their self-worth comes from that role. They think their self-worth comes from these external things. Um, And it, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't. Um, that's why people go through these identity crisis when they're, when they're something for 30 years and they're like, well, what, what am I now? Right. I always say, well, what are you on a deserted Island? Are you a lawyer on a deserted Island? No, right. you're not. There's no, there's no labels there. Right. And I, I working with organizations, which is what I do now. And I find that really fascinating. Um, you know, you've heard the saying, people don't leave toxic, uh, um, workplace or toxic, um, jobs, they leave toxic, like bosses or, or workplaces. Right. Um, people often leave when they feel like a role and not a person. And a lot of companies don't understand how to make that, that shift. And, and so one thing I did for a long time was I tracked things like, uh, company turnover and, and, and things like that to see if it had any effect, if you retrained, you know, how the communication was in in the company. So yeah, we're, we're all just people, you know, we're not roles. And I think it's a a, a mind shift there in terms of what, what, what does it mean to have a life purpose? What does that mean? Is that in a role is, I mean, what, what is that? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. It's a totally different way of thinking. Where do you, do you use your book when you're with your clients and, and kind of like, uh, I haven't read your book, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious if your book has steps on how to find yourself, like individual self, your identity and where to go once you find these things. I mean, is it like a, 
I, I remember reading your profile was talking about like looking through all the self-help books. So I'm wondering how is it, is it in the self-help category? And if so, can one find their, through their identity, work through their own issues if they don't have you as a coach and only have your book? Um, there are steps in there and it is self-help, but okay, I, I think for those who read it, it, it it's not um, like a lot of self-help out there. Um, there are steps, but it's more just establishing a foundation and baseline that is kind of common amongst all the self-help books or, or, you know, a lot of them out there. Um, but I didn't want it to be another step book. It's more of the catalyst to get people to look within and say, what's it going to take? And what, what does this look like for me? Mm -hmm. So it, in, in some ways it helps people come up with, with their own steps, but hopefully by the end, they'll have a, a very big shift and have some more clarity in terms of where to go next. But, but yeah, it's not a typical um, step one, do that step. Cause then people get lost into another, yet another to-do list and another right, like, that's so they, true. yeah, more stuff they have to do or otherwise it's wrong. If they don't, it, it's, right. it's that, you know, I can sense um, just from your explanation of the book that it would also help people that are dealing with like depression and, um, you know, some mental health issues as well, aside from identity issues. Yeah, it, it challenges thinking for sure. But yeah, when I think about all of the self-help books, and, and there are some good ones out there, I, I'm not lumping them all together. There, there are some really good, helpful ones out there. Um, but there are some that that are just... Um, you know, and I have a lot of them and a lot of self-help books out there. You know, one has this set of 20 steps. This other one has this set of 20 yeah, steps. Yeah, that could be really overwhelming. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. And then people, even if it's a good book, they might try it like for a week or two, right? And, and then right. what? Yeah, and then they I go back into the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, then I went back to my old ways. I'm like, hang on a minute, it didn't stick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some of it's real general too, or, or I can hear people like, um, and a lot of people come to me as clients, they, they told me they've read quote, all the books. I mean, you know, it, it's just like applying it's different, right? It's like right. most people yes. will just say, but my life, but in my life is different. I can't, I can't yeah. apply this, you know? So. Well, thanks so much, Ryan, for being on a little less fear podcast. How can our viewers our listeners and our watchers find you and where can we find your book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it actually just came out on Tuesday. Um, they can. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I need a nap after that. But, yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, my website is rslindner.com. R-S-L-I-N-D-N-E-R.com. R S is in Sam. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, rslindner.com or halfknownlifebook.com is the book's website. Or you know what? They can just look me up on Amazon. Uh, but all of my social media is on my website as well. Excellent, Ryan. What are the last words that you'd like our viewers, watchers, and listeners to to know? I would say um, you you put me on the spot here. I, I would say take a good um, look at your life because you know we we can't see ourselves a lot of the time. And what you find when when someone goes through a trauma a lot is they're again pulled into that moment and they go whoa. But their problems disappear. You don't have any problems in your ICU besides <laughs> the fact sure. you're in ICU. You're not thinking about mowing the grass when you're in the ICU. No, no. Or your bills. No. <laughs> or your bills. Um, you don't need a trauma to think differently. And 
it, it but you, you do have to, to just stop for a second, take a pause, ask yourself the right questions, um, maybe in a way that you've never done before and consider what's actually going to take to make change in your life um, and, and, you know, live your best life. So. Thank you so much. Coming from a very wise young man who have ex who has experienced literally dying and coming back to life. Thanks so much, Ryan, for sharing your light and for sharing your life and your book. And I wish you many blessings. Thanks for being on a little less for your podcast. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you.